Happy Friday, happy month of May. We finally made it. Another month down on the quarantine. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard with you here on the Locked on Syracuse podcast, like we are every single weekday to bring you the fresh SU content that you are all craving during these quarantine times. I know it, there was a lot that happened this last, what, 24, 48 hours, Tim? A lot for us to get into today. Uh, but before we dive into all of that, check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse for all the latest SU news, some stuff with the podcast, and just some fun stuff that we like to throw out there from time to time. We're, we're working on a Twitter game right now, aren't we, Tim? We, yeah, we're, something we're trying. Works, right? Okay. Yeah, so something. We're, uh, we're doing our best, you know. It's a step by step, day by day. Okay, we're, we're making a verbal commitment to have a Twitter game out next week, okay? It's not binding. We haven't signed the NLI yet. 100% committed. But, right, yeah, we're 100% respect our decision. That's where we're at right now with next week's Twitter game. So be on the lookout for that. Only way to find it, follow us at LO underscore Syracuse. Got some... It, today is all recruiting, all right? Yeah. We've got basketball, a couple of football guys as well. So let's just start with hoops because... That's where things are starting to really heat up. The orange looks like it could be very close to landing its first class of 2021 guy. That's Benny Williams, four-star forward, ranked 50th in the class on the 24-7 composite, 40th overall by 24-7 themselves. He put Syracuse in his final four, which also features Maryland, Georgetown, and Miami. But this is a long, versatile player that I think could make a real imprint on this team moving forward. Yeah, I think he's great. I mean, just from watching his highlight tape, can shoot the three, has very similar dimensions to Woody Newton, who's coming into Syracuse next season. And honestly, as we've talked about, Dolzhai is leaving, kind of want to start filling that void a little bit in the small forward, power forward area. And kind of a fun recruiting process now because you got them going up against Georgetown and Patrick Ewing. You got Maryland in there who seems to be tied to a lot of Syracuse guys and you got Miami. And one interesting thing to note, as far as we know, and as far as what he said in this article, the 24 seven sports.com, the only place he has visited inside his top four is Syracuse. And he's gone on an official and an unofficial visit. And that's what he said about SU. He said, I went up there for an official and an unofficial. Coach Red Autry just tells me we are going to put in a lot of work to get me to the next level uh, and a lot of individual work. And that's what he said he enjoyed. So in terms of being in the top four, that's a good sign when he's really the only school as far as we know, or Syracuse is the only school that he has visited so far. So you'd have to think that maybe SU is the front runner here. And I, I know you have to walk on eggshells when you make comments like that because <laughs> yeah. you don't want to get your hopes up. But I do Especially feel like Especially with the G League. Now, I don't yeah. think Benny Williams is one of those G League candidates. Don't get me wrong. But he's still a good player. Don't but say he's it, not Ty. You never level. know. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I won't count it out quite yet. Right. But I think what you brought up, though, is important in the regard that he does want to make a decision before his senior year. He says that in the 24-7 article. So... We know the whole thing with Syracuse where they don't necessarily want guys to commit to the school without having visited. He's visited Syracuse. I can't speak for those other coaches, Patrick Ewing, Jim Laranega, and Mark Turgeon, whether or not Mark Turgeon's actually there by the time 2021 gets around. Ooh. That's a whole other question. <laughs> but we don't know what, what their policy is like that, but if they have a similar one to what Syracuse has, 
then that certainly puts Syracuse on an inside track for a kid like this. How about whether or not Pat Ewing's there? Is is that a hot take? Ooh. I don't know, but I think can you Georgetown, fire Pat Ewing if you're Georgetown? Can you? Yeah, it's really tough, right? I mean, that's that's like he's in the family. That forever. that's one of those mutual partings, isn't that the way that they phrased uh, Chris Mullen at St. John's? It was a mutual yeah. parting, right? That's Pat Ewing goes to the NBA or something, and he has kind of a deal <laughs> yeah. under the table. To make it seem right. like he was taking a step up. I don't know. I I don't think he's really that close. But I will say Georgetown, you know, Syracuse, we like to groan a little bit about where the program's at. I'm not to rub it in the rival's face, but I'm I'm glad we're not Georgetown right now because although they are still bringing it in is, some uh, talent. It's 9.01 yep. on my clock right <laughs> there now. There it is. There and it is. they still yep. suck. <laughs> yep. So we had to get that in. But hopefully they beat out Georgetown. I'd say Maryland. I thought it was interesting what Benny said, and he gave a couple quotes on each of these schools to 247sports.com about Maryland. He said, Coach Mark Turgeon talks to me every single day. We talk about stuff other than basketball, which is really cool. We talk about shows and stuff. And obviously he said he wants me to come in and be an impact player right away. Well, I'd hope that that's the case if you're trying to recruit a kid. And he's a top 50 kid that's, that's really talented, but... Who knows? I mean, I don't want to get people's hopes up, but I feel like the fact that Syracuse is the only school that he has been on a visit to, and he seems to be kind of getting into that decision mindset. Now, making your top four doesn't mean it's coming all that soon, but he's kind of put a timetable out there of sorts. And let's face it, like in that timetable of before his senior season that he's kind of alluded to, who knows if he can get up to Maryland or Georgetown in that time period. I really do feel like like Syracuse has a pretty good shot here, and, and I'm a little skeptical to say that stuff because we, we know we've been down this road before, but I, I like Benny Williams a lot, and I'm excited that he put Syracuse in his top four. He does go to high school in that DMV area too, so that's yeah, another that's thing true. to throw in the fold in, in terms of Maryland and Georgetown. One thing that I want to bring up with a guy like Benny Williams, and this is more of an overarching program thing, but say he does end up going to Syracuse, okay? Four-star guy, 50th in the class. This would be their best small forward type of guy since Malachi Richardson. And he has a very similar skill set and the scoring ability that Malachi had. Now, he's not quite as highly rated as Malachi was, mm -hmm. but long, versatile player, can do a lot of things, will we'll give you some great production out of the three, and just think about how important Malachi was on that team that went to the Final Four. Oh, and yeah. the just the performances he put on as a freshman to be able to contribute in that capacity. Now, we're talking about a guy who was an, a McDonald's All-American versus a guy who's on the fringe of that McDonald's All-American sort of conversation. But for Syracuse to have a chance to land a guy like that and to get him in the program... I think we'd really see a jump of what the team would put out on the floor night in and night out. We wouldn't be looking at a team who's consistently on that bubble. We're looking at a team that is ready to contend and make a deep run in, in the tournament. Yeah, I like that comparison. I'd say Benny, to me, is more of a forward than Malachi. Maybe that's just because Malachi yeah, is... Yeah, I agree with that. He kind of has... But it's the just, same kind of... Yeah. from a recruiting stance and, and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, exactly. And 
look, I've always said, this is how I felt about Andre Jackson, not to bring up a sore subject, but his rating was around this, kind of 50th nationally on 24-7 sports at times. Don't know what it exactly fell into, but basically, like, not quite a McDonald's All-American, but better, like, a solid recruit for Syracuse. Like, Jalen Carey, yeah. maybe slightly worse than Jalen Carey, and I know Carey didn't really pan out, but those are the type of guys Syracuse should be getting. I mean, it's not like we're asking for them to outkick Duke or top Kentucky in these recruiting battles. I mean, they're in a battle here with Georgetown, Maryland, and Miami. On paper, Syracuse is the best program of those four, at least right now, I'd say. Maryland has been good, don't get me wrong, but I'd still say they Syracuse has a notch above them in terms of the fan support they get and the players they do bring to the NBA while they haven't been all that successful, they're still getting drafted and putting a player into the NBA basically every single year. Maybe regular season hasn't been as good, but they've been more notable in the tournament than any of these other teams. And it's not like we're asking for them to land some big whale here. I mean, they did get that in Dior Johnson as it stands right now, but 50th, it should be right in their wheelhouse. That should be a player that should be realistic, a good get, but not an unrealistic get, not someone that we're asking them to go all out on and, and try and top Coach K and stuff. Because I think at times we do get into that mindset. And let's be honest, like where the program is at right now and how they played since they've come to the ACC, it, we really shouldn't be topping Coach K and Cal. But we should be able to get a Benny Williams, who's number 50 overall. And I think that's the type of recruits they need to start getting more of. So just switching gears real quick before we, we talk some football recruiting here on the show. One more thing I want to bring up. Uh, let's take a look at your your three and four type of forwards for the future, okay? By the time Benny Williams theoretically would get to campus if he were to pick the orange. You're looking at Quincy Garrier, Alan Griffin, Robert Braswell, and Woody Newton. What do all four of those guys have in common right now, especially within the Syracuse system? A lot of question marks. And I'm not saying that as yeah. a, a bad thing. It's just... We don't know, okay? We don't know the full capability of Robert Braswell or Alan right. Griffin or Quincy Garrier or Woody Newton. We just don't know. And I'm not saying we know what Benny Williams would bring, but when when you've got a ranking like that, it gives you a little bit of a more of a sense of safety and something yeah. that you can really believe in. And listen, you and I are both high on Alan Griffin. We're both high on, on Quincy Garrier. And, and not to take anything away from Robert Braswell or Woody Newton, but, I mean, Woody Newton has not played a college minute. And yeah. Robert Braswell pretty much hasn't played a college minute. He had that one spot in the sun against NC State, and that's really it. Right. All yeah, of those I mean, unknowns are are probably driving Syracuse fans a little bit of crazy for what their front court might look like for the future. And Benny Williams would certainly bring some stability. I agree with that. I, I think we also just don't know because we can't know. I mean, they, you know, you could say that about a lot of newcomers for sure. Um, and I and I do think Griffin and Garrier are very, very solid kind of foundational pieces maybe for the future if you want to make a comparison to looking at it from like a franchise perspective for the NBA. But I would say Benny Williams don't get overly cocky or confident here, but it, the signs look good, and the fact that he's kind of got a timetable and he's got Syracuse in his top four, this is a recruiting get 
they should be able to win. And I'm not a person that gets too bummed when I try to have a realistic mindset with this stuff. And I know it's very easy to think like, oh, why didn't they get that guy or Patrick Tapay? Like, come on, how can they not land him? And, you know, you can get into a rabbit hole where you start kind of groaning basically whenever they don't get anyone. You can't get everyone. But I'll probably be a little bummed if they don't get Benny Williams, having said all that, because I feel like this is a player they should be able to reel in based on what his top four is. Yeah. Just wait. Coach K will be on the phone with him in a week or so and (laughs) just spiral everything out of control. All right. Let's talk football recruiting. Syracuse got a 2020 and a 2021 guy. So we'll discuss both of those names coming up on the Locked on Syracuse podcast. So football recruiting, really dominating the news cycle for Syracuse, dominating this podcast lately. We had our great conversation with Malcolm Folk earlier in the week, and we're going to continue to chug along with some of those Syracuse football recruits because they've been so good to us, and they they always give us some fun stuff to talk about. But Anwar Sparrow is the newest name you need to know because he is going to be suiting up for Syracuse next season 2020 linebacker out of Virginia Beach, Virginia, 6'1", 215, the dimensions on him. A three-star guy by 24-7, unrated on the composite score, but didn't have a ton of offers. Only other offers that were listed that we know about from 24-7 were from Appalachian State and Norfolk State. But there was some Power 5 interest in him. Louisville looked like they wanted to make a run at him. Wake Forest, ECU, Eastern Carolina, that is. So there were some solid schools that were interested in him, but it looks like, according to his high school coach, Sean Wilson, that some academic concerns maybe swayed them away from a guy like Sparrow. Yeah, I think you're definitely getting a talented guy here, and don't let that offer sheet fool you too much. The other thing of note is this is the first Chip West signee, and it's a Virginia Beach guy. Chip West, of course, is kind of one of the newer additions to the staff and a heavy additions to the staff type of offseason for Syracuse but Chip West came over had some time at Virginia Tech really has a lot of ties to this area and has gotten a lot of accolades for his recruiting 247sports.com ACC recruiter of the year at times and now you're starting to see that pay some dividends here and in the 2020 process I mean I had almost kind of ruled out any more 2020 ads to an extent a little bit but you add a linebacker which I'd say of all the positions, a pretty good one to add to 2020 here. And he's a talented kid. Maybe the academics can scare you a little bit, but at least, you know, Chip West is is paying dividends for you in this process. And I think what they definitely did this offseason was target better recruiters. And they know that recruiting probably has to go up a little bit. And it's a tough thing to get to that next level and compete with these other ACC schools. So, I'm glad to see that they're already getting some dividends out of that Chip West hire. Yeah, that's certainly good to see, especially now. Think about how hard recruiting is now, and you're going to get a guy to commit who you're giving some love to kind of late in the process, a little uneasy what the future is going to look like in terms of the college football season and stuff like that. And he goes out and lands a guy, a three-star linebacker for you out of one of his hotspot areas. I think that is that kind of tells you all yeah. you need to know about what this guy can go out and do. Uh, as for Sparrow, just kind of from his tape, you look at, 
the one thing that really sticks out to me is the speed. I mean, he flies all over the field. Yeah. Pretty good instincts as well. But I think that's so important too because you're looking at a guy who's going to come in to a very different scheme, that 3-3-5, and we talk about the at least we talked about it with Malcolm Folk earlier in the week about how important versatility is going to be. And that's something that this guy can definitely bring because you see him drop back into coverage and play this quasi safety kind of like that rover that Malcolm Folk was talking yeah. about. And you can see him get to the backfield, get to a quarterback or a running back. That's out of the linebacker position. And when you're 6'1", 215 as a high school senior and have the speed that he has, that's impressive to me. And that's, I mean, when that sticks out on the tape, I expect a lot of that stuff to translate at the next level. He's a great fit for the 3-3-5. Just it seems like a football player. I know that might come across as like, Maybe me joking, but I mean that in the sense that he just yeah. That sounds plays. like it's that's one of those comments where it makes you sound like the dumbest guy in the room. Yeah, but, but let me it really doesn't. It yeah, because yeah, like he that it's he important when you like say one. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. He's he's what I mean by it is he's a hard hitter. He just plays like aggressive. That's what comes across in his highlight tape. He's almost like violent, like not in a bad way, but. He plays downhill. He loves to be in the open field tackling people, you can tell. And I do think he's got some versatility to his game that fits that new 3-3-5 defense. The other thing I'll say about landing a kid like this and having good recruiters in a time like this, I was kind of thinking about this the other day. Syracuse is not a place that you just, like, stumble across in terms of, you know, like I say when I was a freshman in high school— I like went to Georgetown and saw the campus because I was in DC, right? I okay, yeah. I was going through Atlanta once and I like briefly saw a Georgia Tech. I'm not saying that happens a ton, but no one has and I don't mean this as a slight, but like it's very rare that you're just in the Syracuse area. That's a unless that's you're, a good point. Yeah. So like Unless you you're take, going to like Cooperstown, which is so funny because Syracuse right. doesn't have a baseball team, so <laughs> exactly. your, your target yeah. demographic is not coming up for, for any extreme reason, yeah. Right. Maybe you're driving to Lake Michigan and going west from, like, New England or something. I, I really, it's it's a tough area to just drive through and not, okay. it, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just, like, hard to, so I feel like when you look at someone like Benny Williams, like, if he hadn't gone on a visit, you'd be a little concerned because it's not somewhere that you've seen. Like he's probably seen Georgetown because he's from the DMV. And I know we just mm. talked about him, but I think that's another thing of note here that it's going to be maybe a little bit tougher for Syracuse to pull in a recruit in that. Maybe not. Maybe I'm overreading it, but I do think having a guy like Chip West and enhancing this recruiting staff during this time is, is really, really critical. Yeah, that that's a really good point. As for the future of linebackers, so Sparrow is the second true linebacker in the class, along with Stefan Thompson. But this is going to be a position that, moving forward, going to be anchored by Michael Jones, Lee Koba. I mean, those are your two guys that you're really going to lean on. But there yeah. needs to be a third piece somewhere. We don't know exactly where that's going to come from quite yet, but that's something that look forward to the future. We don't know, is it going to be Sparrow? Again, he's... He's kind of a late project that's coming on to this class. But 
could he step in and make an impact right away? We don't know exactly, but the linebacker position is certainly one to to look forward to for the future because it's going to be pretty strong, especially when you're looking at guys like Jones and Koba leading the way. Yeah, and I, I just feel like they have more of the guys that are fit for their system now. We're getting to a point where, you know, when a new coach comes in, they can make the excuse, I don't have my guys. We're well past that, honestly, now with Dino, where – with this new system, maybe like a couple players are going to have to make a transition of sorts, but I really do feel like they're getting to the point where they've got these vertical defensive linemen coming in that are taller, a little bit skinnier, can get after the passer. They're just recruiting more to a specific style, and hopefully you'll start to see that kind of pay off a little bit. All right. So Syracuse was not done in their football recruiting endeavors for the week. Jalen Moss, defensive lineman out of Rochester. We'll talk about him next. Quick time out to hear from our friends at Postmates. Hey Tim, if you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch, or maybe while you're eating breakfast, who knows? Although we don't eat breakfast, but you should still order from Postmates if you do like breakfast. I love food, that's why I love using Postmates. But I kind of love them even more right now because I can get food delivered without even leaving the house or even opening the door. And given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now, when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. There's literally no better time to use Postmates than right now. They got Postmates pickup as well, which I've been using a lot to order takeout for my favorite restaurants. You can get more than just burgers and sushis too. They can make your life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. This app, if there's ever a time to use Postmates, it's right now, Ty. Yeah, and you know what? I've been on a little bit of a gummy bears kick lately, so hey, the Walgreens and 7-Eleven certainly coming in handy for me right now. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 $100? Holy cow. $100. $100. Yes, you heard that right. A free delivery credit for your first seven days. I didn't know they are giving out that much. Hey, it's Postmates, man. They're, they're doing it big during the quarantine, all right? To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100. That's a Benjamin of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. So wrapping it up on this Friday with a little Jalen Moss talk, class of 2021 member, the fourth guy in that group, unrated by most major services, a 6'5", 260 defensive lineman out of Rochester, New York, so somewhat of a local kid. Only other known offers, Sacred Heart and Stony Brook, both of which are FCS schools, albeit some of the better ones, but still FCS. So this is a guy who you're going to bring in, and you kind of have seen Dino get criticized for this in the past. He said he wanted to come in and really recruit the state of New York. It was a, a little bit of a slow start. You saw him more try to yeah. go solidify a base down in the places like Florida, uh, a little bit of Texas, just some down south places. North Carolina he's been very active in as well. But, I mean, to me, I don't care where you get these guys from. I don't feel like even though you're a football coach, you have to recruit in the state of New York if you're Syracuse. Go get the best players, okay? Whether that's California, Texas, Florida. I mean, those are the hotbeds of football. But 
it is good to to still bring in guys from from your local area. And, and Jalen Moss, a Rochester kid, I think he definitely fits that bill and is a guy who he plays very violent. And I I mean that in a good way. I I liked what yeah. I saw when I when I looked at his huddle. Yeah, and I I agree with what you're saying with the territory thing. But to some extent, I do think there is some value in sort of protecting your turf and making sure that you don't miss a kid that is strong, that comes out of your state, because yeah. it, it stings more, I think, if you were close to him and had the opportunity to really check him out and see what he's made of and you still passed on him. But, you know, I, I'd i say, as Tony White put it Thursday morning, he said, way to start the morning off with a couple exclamation marks, the new DC for Syracuse. That's That's how I feel. Like, anytime there's a new commit, I'm happy. He's not going to wow people with his offer sheet or his ratings, but the staff is going after this 2021 class and getting some rewards pretty early on here. Actually, Tony White, I think, kind of confused me at first because he put five oranges, and I know, as we know, those oranges have been (laughs) keeping track of commits. I don't know if maybe he counted our guy, the 2021 linebacker that we just talked about, because you know, usually they keep it based on the, the specific class. So I got excited that maybe we were going to get two guys in the day, but it turns out I, I, I'm i willing to bet that he maybe just miscounted. I mean, who knows what happened. Yeah, but, hey, Matt, uh, sometimes you get a little trigger happy with the yeah. thumbs. It happens, all right? <laughs> right. So no one anyway, has full texting control. Right. I, I, think, I think this is a guy that has a good first step, seems to have a pretty strong motor, great measurables, and... Honestly, we'll probably even gain a little bit more weight. But if you're starting at 6'5", 260, like, there's there's already something there. There's potential there. And they've really valued height, I think, of the defensive line. We've known that for a while. Seems like he could maybe fit all over the line, too. So, overall, not a flashy guy, but it's another commit. And it's someone that I think could get even better and better in terms of ratings as this goes along. I'm glad you brought up the motor there, too, because one thing that you notice on his tape doesn't give up on plays. And no. there are a lot of times when you're watching and he's 30 yards downfield and still going after a running back. And he's just not quitting even though the play is well behind him. And those are the difference makers that, especially culture-wise, are good to have on your roster. So Jalen Moss, fourth member of the class of 2021, will continue to monitor and break down the guys as they come on in because it is starting to really ramp up even though there isn't a lot of football there isn't a lot of uh, recruiting visits that can be made right now so it's still it's still fun for us to be able to see all of that and, and see it play out throughout the rest of the summer all right next week we will have a very busy week we will get you another football recruit on the show that is josh huff so looking forward to that conversation because I mean, the skill position guys are always fun. You got your running back like Huff. I think he's going to be a fun one, especially since we've already kind of put the Derrick Henry label on him. Maybe unfair of us, but um, (laughs) certainly looking forward to that conversation. Also, lots of stuff happening with the NCAA right now with its transfer rules. Looks like that might not pass through in terms of the one-time transfer and the immediate eligibility. Also, name image likeness and all that good stuff. Will the NCAA video game come back, Tim? Because I think we'd all like to be playing it right now during the quarantine. Oh, it'd be perfect. We don't have it now, but 
maybe we might have it in the future. But the the name image likeness stuff, that's also starting to gain a little more steam as well. All right, for Tim, I'm Tyler. We will talk to you on Monday.